This is it, David, the biggest game of the season. Chargers versus the Raiders, week 18, winner gets into the playoffs. And today, we're going to tell you exactly what the Chargers have to do to go and get a big win in Las Vegas and make it to the postseason. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And today is the day. Me and David have been covering the Chargers for over five seasons. And this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. David, me and you have been doing this show for, you know, covering the Chargers for about five years now. And this is the second potential playoff game that we're going to see if the Chargers can push through this game, or I guess the second playoff appearance since we've been covering the team. But before we get into all of that, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the Art Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. And you can also find the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. Sorry about yesterday's show, too. We're still working out the kinks. I know it didn't show up for some of you, but this one should be good to go. And you can always find the show on you know YouTube as well. I'm 100% sure. It'll be on there. But, David, obviously, this is it. I mean, it's week 18. It's time to put our money where our mouth is. I mean, we know that the Chargers, if they win, they will get in. But we don't know if they're going to, right? And I think there's a very specific list of things the Chargers need to do and have done. But maybe inconsistency, you know, has brought them down at some points this season, which is what makes you not feel 100% good about it. But we'll get into our keys for success on both sides of the ball and then get into who we think is going to win this one. And a very small injury report, thankfully for the Chargers. But David, it starts with the defense, right? And I think for me, right off the bat, where I go to is turnovers because the Chargers defense, when they've been good, they are usually forcing turnovers. And unfortunately, they've only forced one in the last two weeks. And I think that has to change on Sunday. And I think they have a good opponent to make it change on Sunday because the Chargers are getting a hot Raiders team in this one. They've won three in a row. Their defense has played very, very well. But at the same time, David, it's not a perfect team. And it's kind of surprising that they've won all those games, especially when you're considering these facts. I mean, during this three-game winning streak, the Raiders have seven turnovers. They've had at least two turnovers in every game. They have 12 turnovers in their last four games, and Derek Carr has an interception in four straight games. So the Chargers definitely have a juicy opportunity. We saw Derwin James drop a couple last week. That can't happen in a giant game such as this one. And in the first matchup, the Raiders fumbled the ball twice. The Chargers didn't get on either of them. But Derwin James did get an interception covering Darren Waller at the end of the game. That's pretty much sealed it. So I think that's going to be a huge component to the Chargers' defensive success. Yeah, there's no question about it. It's crucially important to turn the ball over and give more opportunities to Justin Herbert to go out there and score points. One of those ways that you can get those turnovers, especially when we're talking about Derek Carr, is is the strip fumble, is the strip sack. He's fumbled 12 times this year, and they've lost it five of those times. And We know that the Chargers have one of the best strip sack artists in the NFL, and Joey Bosa, who has six-plus strip sacks on the year. He's a, a strip sack extraordinaire so um, definitely when he's getting pressure on Derek Carr which is another key you have to get pressure on Derek Carr in this game when he's kept clean he's completing over 75 percent of his passes when he's under pressure 54.6 percent of his passes and nine interceptions yeah I mean and the best way that you can set up those situations David is by stopping the run right and a hundred a hundred percent 
And I think, I mean, even with Josh Jacobs, I know a lot of people love Josh Jacobs, but like, I'm not super impressed by the Raiders rushing attack. I mean, even in the last three games when they've won all the games, it hasn't been super impressive against the Broncos. They did run for 160 yards. So they showed the ability not only to run efficiently four yards per carry. That's fine. Right. But I mean, they stuck with it too. You know what I mean? So they will stick with it. If you give them the opportunity. It's not the, it's not the uh, amount of yards that they're getting It's the fact that they're doing it really well. If you look at their best offensive drives that they've had in the last three or four games, it's because they've run the ball on first and second down and set up really easy third and short opportunities to stay on the football field. And that's really helped them stay in rhythm and be able to get to the red zone and score when they have had opportunities to score. And they haven't done a lot of scoring over the last five games, only averaging around 16 points per game. Yeah, exactly. 16 points per game. And I mean, the Raiders just in general, they've not run for over a hundred yards in four of their last five games. They haven't reached a hundred yards in six of their last eight games and the chargers run defense, even though everyone loves to talk about how bad it is. It's honestly been much better when Justin Jones is on the field and he's fully healthy, ready to go for this one. And there's been a lot of much better games recently when you're not looking at just the raw total of rushing yards they've allowed and just looking at the average yards per carry that they've given up. I mean, yeah, it was really bad against the Texans, but last week you had, they end up only allowing 3.1 yards per carry. Josh Jacobs is only averaging 3.9 yards per carry this season. And in the last loss that the Raiders had, Josh Jacobs only went nine carries for 24 yards. So that is something that the Chargers, if they can shut that down, get Derek Carr in those, you know, third and long situations. One of the things that happens a lot of those times, Dave, is not only is he taking those fumbles, but he's taking sacks as well because he will hold on to the ball too long. But if the Chargers pressure isn't getting there, the one thing they really need to do is play the deep ball better because last week we saw Michael Davis give up receptions of 37 and 44, even though obviously they won that game easily. That's something that was obviously a negative trend. And in the last game, I mean, it's tough because it came from Henry Ruggs, who's not going to be in the equation, obviously, this time. But you had a 44-yard pass interference call against Asante Samuel Jr., and you allowed a 51-yard reception. Yes, they do have Deshaun Jackson now. You don't want to let him get deep. But the thing is, though, is Derek Carr is going to try it no matter who's down there. So you have to have the awareness on the back end. You can't be giving up big pass interference plays because that almost left them back in the game in the last one. You can't be giving up those giant explosive receptions. You have to be better in that aspect, especially with your secondary pretty much fully together. Yeah, the one thing that you said that's really important is that it's going to happen, and the stats back that up. Derek Carr has the second most passing attempts of 20-plus yards this season. He's only completing 39.6% of those passes. Um, He's had seven touchdowns and six interceptions. So um, he's not been super productive in those situations, but that hasn't stopped him. He's still going to go for, he's still going to give his receiver an opportunity. And when he does, the chargers have to be in position to pick the ball off and take that ball away. One guy I think you have to really pay attention to is Hunter Renfro. And it is especially important to know where he is on third downs. They're going to move him all over the place. He's going to be in the slot probably primarily, but he's going to get moved around and, It's important because 49 of his 99 catches this season have produced a first down. That's pretty remarkable. That's pretty much 50% of his catches have turned into a first down. Now, just, you know, for information's sake, 63 of Keenan Allen's 100 catches have gone for a first down. So he's good, but he ain't Keenan Allen good quite yet. But that does not mean that you don't need to know where Hunter Renfro is on the football field at all times. 
One, especially on those third down situations, because obviously the Chargers have to be able to get off the field on third down in this one and fourth down if the Raiders want to go for it, right? And I think they will face a couple of those situations. And that was one way the Chargers really swung the game last week was taking the Broncos off the field on three out of four fourth down tries, right? That's three possessions you erase with zero points. So the Chargers have to get off the field on third down. A big part of that, I mean, we'll be Darren Waller too if he's back, right? He might be a little bit limited, but he... Is obviously someone you always have to think about just because he's one of the most explosive tight ends in the league. But with Hunter Renfro, it, you have to start there, right? Make somebody else mm-hmm. beat you. I know yep. Zay Jones has had some good catches. You know, they have some other guys who can contribute, but that's the main dude. I'll take he my went, chances with those guys. Sure. I mean, he went six for 45 and a touchdown in the first game. But the Chargers also had some really nice plays against him, too. There was a third down where they bracketed him, totally took him away from Derek Carr. There was a red zone possession where the Chargers – had Tavon Campbell on him, who covered him really well, trying to run a little whip route like Keenan Allen loves to run, right? And he was right in front of it. And Derek Carr ended up holding the ball too long. They didn't get anything out of it. So you have to have a game plan. You can't let that dude beat you. And I feel like that has to be one of the big focuses for the Chargers defensively this week because it's so obvious, right? Don't let that dude beat you, especially on third down. And the one way that you can get yourself in really nice situations there is if you stop the run get these third down and longs, get Derek Carr to have to hold on to the football too much. And when he does make those mistakes, you have to capitalize on it. And that could be the difference in this game. But I think for the offense, there's a lot they have to do as well because the offense has the tougher matchup here, to be sure, because the Raiders offense hasn't been impressive in a long time. A lot of that is not having Darren Waller, obviously, is going to hurt any offense for sure. But offensively, the Chargers are going to have to go out and win this one, just like they did in the last matchup against the Raiders on Monday Night Football in another primetime game. And I think we need to see some primetime Justin Herbert as well. But we'll get into our offensive keys for success. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar in the world, because the only thing more unstoppable than Keenan Allen on third down is a protein bar called Built Bar getting me through my day. I mean, it's just such a staple. I rely on them so much because they're so great tasting and they're always good for you. That's definitely helping me stick to my New Year's resolutions for sure because it's always nice when you feel like you need something sweet and you can't keep doing the chicken and broccoli and all those things. You can have a built Bar and you get a great flavor like peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, mint brownie, coconut almond, so many. I mean, cherry barcia, just to name a few. And you can feel like you're kind of having that little cheat meal, cheat snack while it's still actually going to fit on your diet and you don't have to feel bad about it at all because all of the built Bars are high in protein, high in fiber while being really low in carbs and sugars. So if you need something that's going to taste like a candy bar, right, but still have all the nutritional value of a protein bar, Built Bar is the only way to go because you're just not going to find great flavors and all the different choices that you can have with Built Bar in the mix box where you get to try all the flavors and find out which one yours is, you know, what your favorite is. Built Bar has all the flavors. They have the best flavors and they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And the only thing better than Built Bars is saving money on Built Bars. And right now, if you guys go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at Built.com. I also need to get, tell you guys about an app that I think shook Daniel Popper on the show the other night when I was watching it back. He couldn't believe about this new app that all of our listeners I've been getting and saving money on. That's the GetUpside app. And all Chargers fans need to know about the GetUpside app because it can save you money every time you go to the fuel pump. And especially in California, right? Chargers fans are everywhere. But I live in California and the gas prices are outrageous. My listeners right now are saving up to 25 cents per gallon on every fill up with the GetUpside app, which you can get for free right on the Google Play Store, the App Store. And 
why not save money on gas, right? Why not take up to 25 cents off the number you see up there? And I can even make it even better than that because since you guys listen to the show, you can use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, all caps, one word, to get up to 50 cents back per gallon on your first fill up, right? I mean, take 50 cents off the number you see. I promise it's going to hurt a lot less to leave the gas station. And if you guys are a ride share drivers, right? If you're delivering food or whatever, you can save up to hundreds of dollars a month with the get up sign app and up to 50 cents per gallon on that first fill up with the promo code to touchdown. And there's no catch to it. There's no downside to get upside. You can get the money deposited and directly into your bank account. You can get it through PayPal. You can get Amazon e-gift cards and other big brands as well. And you can always save up to 25 cents per gallon when you go to the gas station. That is a great, great feeling when you're saving money at the gas pump. And don't forget to use the promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon back on your first fill up. All right, David, well, now it's time to get into the offensive side of things here. So where do you want to start us off with what you think the Chargers need to do offensively against the Raiders in this one? Yeah, one of my keys that I had last time is still going to be relevant this time, and it's attack the linebackers. All of the Raiders linebackers are giving up over 80% reception percentage. When you target them, good things happen. You have one of the best running backs in the NFL and one of the best pass-catching running backs in the NFL in Austin Eckler, who is a nightmare to cover in the open field. Charger fans know this. Raider fans, you should know this because he went for almost 200 all-purpose yards in the first game. Austin Eckler is a major weapon. You have to whenever, and it's not just Austin Eckler. It's any time any of the Raiders linebackers are covering a receiver, (laughs) definitely target them. A tight end, a running back, it's a mismatch no matter who it is. Find them and exploit that matchup. Yeah, and I think, I mean, there's a reason why Jared Cook probably had his best game of the season against the Raiders in their first matchup. Six catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown in that one. And that is a soft spot there. And I think one of the ways that you can do that specifically is by being better on first downs. And one of the things the Raiders defense has been really good at is stopping the run recently. I know you can look at Jonathan Taylor and see five yards per carry over 100 yards. I mean, about 40% of that came on two runs. I mean, they didn't really let them take over the game with the running game. And they tried to make Carson Wentz beat them, and he couldn't in that game, right? And they had a a solid performance against Nick Chubb. They held the Broncos to 1.1 yards per carry. I just don't want to see the Chargers, you know, ram their head into a wall on first down in this game when I think there will be opportunities to be had and ways that you can avoid, you know, all the punts that you had in that first matchup. Because, yeah, they did, you know, put up 28 points, but there was a lot of offensive stagnancy right in the middle of that. So I think that's another thing is just being better on first down. And it will be interesting to see if they can run the ball because obviously in the first matchup, they ran the ball all over the Raiders. I mean, it wasn't even an issue for them and the Raiders were much worse stopping the run early on in the season, right? But in the first game, they ended up giving up 169 yards on the ground against the Chargers. So that'll be very interesting. But I think the Chargers need to be good, set themselves up in really good second and third down situations, fall, you know, find less third downs in this game. And a lot of the ways you can do that is by getting those matchups on early downs, like first downs, where you have linebackers on the field that can be exposed. And the Raiders, they obviously have Gus Bradley as their defensive coordinator, and they're going to run a lot of cover three, more than any other team in the league. They're running cover three about 57% of the time, according to Daniel Popper of The Athletic. And one of the things he put out in an article that I had to just steal, I'm sorry, but it was just too good. Uh, One way to attack that cover three is to kind of put those defenders in conflict. You know, when you're when you're in the covering the zones, you have an area that you're supposed to be responsible for. So you want to send multiple guys into one particular area and force that defender to make a decision on who they're going to cover. Someone's going to be open and then you're going to hit them and that's going to 
really provide some good plays against the cover three. They did a good job of doing that in the first game. There's no reason why they can't do it again in this one. Yeah, I mean, for sure. That it's always what you want to do against zone coverage. And I think for Justin Herbert, one of the things he did a lot was check down in that first game. It wasn't a super explosive performance from Justin Herbert. I think it was less than six yards per attempt the first time around. I think there will be opportunities for bigger chunks than he got in that time. But I do think there's one thing that you can always do against Guns Bradley's defense, and that's a seven-yard pass on first down, right? I mean, I yeah. think they have a good opportunity <laughs> to get ahead of the sticks in this one. And I think they should know very well how to beat this Gus Bradley defense. And Justin Herbert has been really good against zone defenses this year. And I think I'll steal another stat from Daniel Popper. Justin Herbert in five career primetime games, 1,418 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions, 132 rushing touchdowns, and two rushing or 132 rushing yards, 132 rushing touchdowns, and two touchdowns. But that's 16 total touchdowns in five career primetime games, right? Averaging over 300 games or yards of total offense per game. And I do think that primetime Justin Herbert has to show up for this one because I don't know if the Chargers will have as easy of a time as they did in the first one running the football. And I think it's just it's going to get put on 10 shoulders, right? And I think he's going to have to go out there and have a good performance for the Chargers to get into the playoffs because we've only really seen him with good performances leading to Chargers wins. I mean, it's almost always if Justin Herbert's not having a game, the Chargers don't win. When he and does, the, they the, usually the do. The stats definitely say that as well. I mean, when the Chargers and when, when Justin Herbert has a passer rating over 100, the Chargers are 7-1. and one. When yeah. he has a passer rating under 100, the Chargers are 1-7. and seven. It's really as clear as that. If Justin Herbert does not have a good game, missing a game Chargers there, but... <laughs> are probably not going to win. Oh, wait, no, yeah, no. there's one game left. Yeah. 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 No, one I mean, and, left, like, you can see it. Like, I mean, that's just how it always feels, right? It feels like he has to put the team on his back for them to get a win. And I think with this game, part of that is going to be scoring touchdowns in the red zone, right? Because yes. that's what was so frustrating last week. One of the main takeaways, you get inside the one-yard line two times, and you have two field goals come out of two. And we've of those seen that too many times this season. It's just it, the inconsistencies in the red zone is maddening for a team that is so incredibly explosive on offense. Well, the good news is, David, they could not ask for a better red zone defense to be going up against right now because the Raiders are last in the NFL in allowing touchdowns in the red zone. They allow touchdowns on 79% of their opponent's drives when they I get like into the red zone. 100% of drives in the red zone the last three games have turned into touchdowns. And the next closest team at allowing touchdowns in the red zone is at 70%. So the 31st ranked team is at 70. The Raiders give up touchdowns on 79% of drives that end up in the red zone. So there's no excuse here for the Chargers not to come through in those situations. And in the first game, they were four for four in the red zone. Yeah, obviously you have to score points. You got to score touchdowns when you're in the, in those opportunities. And I think, Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley are going to be incredibly uh, incredibly aggressive in those situations. That's who they have been all season long. One thing I do want to see as well, I know the Raiders, the, that cover three is really designed to try to limit those explosive plays, but that's one of the things that Justin Herbert provides the most. On those throws over 20-plus yards, he is completing 53.7% of his passes, which leads the league, and also has the third most touchdowns on 20-plus yard passes with eight so this guy he just he's a big play machine you got to be who you are that's who he has been all season long don't be afraid obviously you want to dial those up right set those up properly but when they're there take your shots that's what justin herbert does 
Yeah, and he found a lot of success taking what the defense gave him the first time around too, right? And that's the yeah. low yards per attempt number, but also zero interceptions in that first game, right? And we know that's a super important stat for the Chargers to win as well as Justin Herbert in the Chargers in general, just not turning the ball over. I mean, the other big thing too, I mean, I think it's just avoiding all the big mistakes, right? Avoiding all yeah. the turnovers in this game in a must-win game. And you have to be cleaner than you were the first time around too because they had seven penalties for 105 yards they yeah, had against them in the first happen. matchup. And that's just, you have to have a cleaner game. They've been much better penalty-wise lately. And I think part of that is just going to be not letting the Raiders pass rush be the story of this game. I think it's yes. keeping Justin Herbert upright because that is one of the biggest mismatches in this game is Max Crosby going up against whoever starts for the Chargers at right tackle. Storm Norton wasn't ready to go last week. We don't know who's starting at right tackle this week. Could be him or Trey Pipkins. Both have played well recently. But they're going up against the dude who has the most pressures in the NFL, more than Aaron Donald this yeah, year. So he has 90 pressures this year, which is crazy. Yeah, I think it's like 96 or 97. I think Aaron Donald has 90. Now, which PFF is like, put out a, a, a stat today that said he had 90. Which yeah, is I mean, it is nuts. But either way, I mean, I think that's one of the storylines is you don't want to see Justin Herbert getting sped up. You don't want to see him sped up into bad decisions. And you yeah. want to see him comfortable in the pocket, being able to take what the defense gives him, get to all the reads in his progression and find those, you know, spots in the zone to take advantage of. And the other thing is when you have good protection in his zone defense, one of the things that happens is the zone gets stretched because yeah. these guys keep getting more depth, more depth, more depth. If you get more time, now the check down turns into instead of a three-yard gain, maybe it's a 15-yard gain because Austin Eckler has a lot more room to run, right? So the protection is going to be a big deal. Having Corey Lindsley back is going to be a big deal for this one. And I just think that that's going to be super huge. What Let's keep those special teams plays rolling too, right? Let's get yes. some good returns, some big kickoff returns, some good, good punt returns. Keep that punt and kick coverage looking strong. Uh, let's just keep the good vibes going on on the special teams. That's really been a nice undercover benefit for the Chargers recently. Yeah, it's going to be huge. And especially, I mean, even field goal kicking. I mean, the Raiders have a good kicker. He missed a field goal against the Chargers the first time around. They shouldn't be trying to bank on that this time around. I think the final mm -hmm. thing is just, Put this game out of reach. Do not let Early. this game be a game where you give Derek Carr a chance to come back with two minutes left in a two-minute situation only needing a field goal. He can get that done. If you have For a 10-point sure. lead going into the last couple of possessions, it's going to be a lot harder to cover that distance. So I think that's the other thing is just being able to put this team away late, you know, you know, weather the storm and don't have too much, you know, too many offensive possessions where you're going scoreless because we saw a little bit, yeah. a little bit of a cold streak in the last game. And I just think that is going to be, you know, go win this game, go put this game away, go give Chargers fans a reason to celebrate, you know, kind of like that 52 to 21 game against the Broncos in 2008. The last time yeah, that sounds, seen. that sounds real nice. <sighs> Let's do that. A man can dream about a Yeah. A nice, easy Sunday night. And, you know, getting a big time win to get into the playoffs is just what the doctor ordered. But do we think the Chargers, are going to get into the playoffs. Well, it's time to put our money where our mouth is. So we're going to get into our bold and game predictions as well as the injury report for the Chargers coming up after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond because BetOnline is your number one place for all pro and college football action. We have the playoffs coming up right now and you also have the college football national championship game and the only place you're going to want to take that money is betonline.ag because what you're going to find there are player props that you haven't seen before. You can create your own. Do you have the best lines, odds, and props that you're going to find on any website? And they'll even give you some free money to win with, right? It's a new year and the new updated desktop and mobile website. You guys can sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus 
with your for on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on, all caps, one word for a 50% welcome bonus, free money to play with at Bet Online from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. And we have a huge UFC fight coming up in the next couple of weeks, UFC 270 heavyweight title match. I'm definitely going to be betting on that with Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, I think it's a great thing for today's show that there's not a ton to talk about on the Chargers injury report. I mean, not a lot that's unexpected. Joe Gaziano did not practice this week. That's obviously tough, but I think you feel good about a guy like Braden Fehoko coming up and potentially getting extra snaps in a game like this, especially with the Chargers run defense being what, you know, needing the help that I can get. And, and he's been really good against the run too. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you talking. I was like, nothing's coming out. He has been good. Exactly. And the best news though, Derwin James, nothing, you know, re irritated during that last yes, game. He didn't re aggravate anything in the hamstring full participant all week. Drew tranquil potentially back for this one. He's been limited all week. But the biggest thing for me, David, is Corey Lindsley. Oh, yeah. He did not know. He did not practice on Wednesday. He had a back in the last game. And, I mean, back is obviously something you don't want to mess around with. So to see a full participation from him in Thursday's practice, it's probably the best injury news we were going to get this week. Yeah, that was the big question for me. I just wanted to – we wanted to know if he was going to be all right, if he was going to be able to go out there and practice. Because that's the biggest indicator for us if he's going to be able to go out there and play. Yeah. Now, obviously, we all know and he knows how important this game is. It's win or go home. There is no – higher importance in the NFL at this stage in the season. So he knows, and you know, all of these guys are beaten up. This is the NFL. This is the end of the season, but this is it, you know, and they know that. So they're going to, they're going to go out there and give it all they got to go get the biggest win of the year. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, and I think I'm glad that it doesn't seem like it's one of those situations though, either, because obviously, yeah, it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, you're not, you kind of have to lay it all on the line this week. Even if you're not feeling 100%, you have to try to give it a go. But you would think if it, he was really in question, like if they're really worried about it, they would just sit him all week, yeah. Yeah. activate him on game day, give him the maximum amount of rest. So right. to see that he's back full, fully participating in practice makes me think, okay, it was something that they thought, you know, wanted to be super careful with, but he's good to go. He should be at least close to 100% when they get out there on Sunday. And I mean, nobody's 100% at this point of the year, right? So all of them are banged up to some extent, but it looks like he shouldn't be super limited. And let's not forget that he's been one of the best centers in the NFL this season. So that is a Period. huge deal. Not a lot to go with off the Raiders injury report. I mean, Jonathan Hankins didn't practice this week. He's a rugged guy on that. A long but, list, though. Yeah. That's one thing. I mean, it is a long list, but I mean, a lot of rest on there, a lot of full participation at practice on Thursday. I mean, out of all the guys, I mean, almost all of them. There's only one guy that didn't practice all week. So I'm not going to you know, assume that any of those other guys are not going to play. So I don't think that is that big of a deal. The one thing that could potentially be a big deal, though, is they did have to place linebacker Markel Lee on the COVID-19 reserve list. That is something that obviously that's our biggest fear for this game is like the one yeah. thing that you feel I like could really impact this game that you could just never predict is obviously the COVID list. Because at this point of the week, I mean, as we're recording this is Thursday, you guys are hearing this Friday. You're not playing yeah. in the game. You yeah, know what done. I mean? So. That that's the other thing on the flip side. The Chargers having zero players on the COVID list. Knock on what is obviously For just a great days. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, nobody added everybody off. I mean, they haven't added anyone in a while now. At this point, all those guys were added before the last game. So I already knocked on wood. So that's all I need to do. But it, it's just that 
for the Raiders, though, that's scary when you see somebody yeah. pop up like that because I know, at least in the Chargers case, it was never just one dude, right? It was, okay, one dude test this day. Now it's two more the next day and three more, you know. So I don't. I hope that's not the storyline of this game, right? I don't yeah. want COVID to be the storyline of this game not by all. any means. But that's definitely something to monitor because that's one of the biggest things that can make a huge impact. Like, well, all of a sudden, Denzel Perriman, the guy in that linebacker room, that makes a huge difference, right? So yeah. it, it could happen to both teams, but that's just something that it, you, it's, you can't really feel good about until you get to game day. But, David, it's time. It's time to put our money where our mouth is. Pick who we think is going to win this game. I think both of us are three out of four of the last games. I think the only game we've missed recently is the Texans game, which was obviously, you know, who was going to pick that. But it starts with bold predictions. So, David, in the final game of the regular season for the Chargers, who are you going with for your bold prediction? So I'm not actually going to go with an individual person. I'm going to go more with just the Chargers defense in general. I think the Chargers defense are going to go off in this game, and it's going to be to the tune of seven – excuse me. I was going to say seven interceptions. No, seven sacks. I think they're going to harass Derek Carr all game long, and they're going to pick him off twice. And I think one of those has to be Derwin James because he owes everyone. If you listen to the mic'd up, he owes us an interception. I think he's going to get it in this one. And he loves everyone as well. If you watch That's their right. mics up, he's just going to walk around telling everybody that he loves them. I don't know how many were set it back. Though. I feel like more Chargers players should have told Derwin James they loved him back. I mean, that was a little startling. Like Joey Bosa seemed really hesitant to, to give him that I love you too. And that was just kind of weird. But I, I, I like that. I mean, seven interceptions doesn't seem that crazy when I think I gave Justin Herbert 132 rushing touchdowns in five primetime games earlier in the yes, show. But yes. I, I love that. You know what I mean? Because the Chargers defense has been is the ultimate wild card. I mean, having all their guys really, most of their guys intact for this game, the entire secondary intact for this they can one. Play the all type of your, defense that they want to play. Yeah, all of your pass rushers, potentially even Kyler Fackrell coming back into the fold, but I'm going to not hold my breath on that one until I see somebody get, you know, they they don't really have any inclination to do that. You know, they don't have anything that incentive to do that before game day, pretty much. So you're not going to know for a couple of days, but I like that. And I think that if the Chargers defense has a good performance, it's hard to think that the Chargers offense isn't going to be able to put up, you know, 24, 28. 31 34 points in this one i just think they have all their firepower available and i think that this raiders defense has been overhyped over this three game stretch where they faced two backup quarterbacks and yes yeah chargers faced a backup quarterback last week and drew lock as well and didn't fare very well against davis mills either but this is i know the Chargers defense is bad they're not the ones that are overhyped in this situation but i'm going to go with the Chargers offense because i think that the Raiders defense isn't as good as maybe it's being cracked up to be and I'm going to go with two players in this one combining I have Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen in this one combining for 18 catches 220 yards and two touchdowns in this game I just don't see a matchup where these guys have you know the Raiders have an answer for either of these guys especially in his own defense to cover both of these guys up for the entire game I think both guys are big time mismatches and I think Justin Herbert's going to be peppering them in this game, especially on third downs in big situations like he always does. And I think if they can get that done, the Chargers will get it done on Sunday. But this is it, David, the final game prediction of the regular season. Do the Chargers win this game against the Raiders in Las Vegas and make it into the 2021 playoffs? I think the Raiders have been surging. Um, obviously, they've won some football games lately. I um, mean, hasn't been pretty. The uh, the offense has <laughs> really been sure. struggling the last five games. Their defense has really stepped it up. But they have not played a quarterback like Justin Herbert since Justin Herbert 
in week four. And for that reason, and for the, for the fact that the Chargers defense is fully healthy, and I feel like they're a lot more talented of a football team than the Raiders are, I do believe they're going to go in here on Sunday Night Football in Vegas and get a win and do it in style, 34-20, to 20, to punch their ticket to the playoffs. Hell yeah. I mean, that, that's the goal. That's the dream. And I think that the good teams that have gone up against the Raiders for the most part with all their players have put up points against the Raiders. You look at the Chiefs teams, you look at the Cowboys teams, like those offense still put up points. And I think good offenses can put up points against this Raiders defense. And I think the Chargers are going to do that in this game because I don't fully trust the defense at this point. And I don't know if they've given you very much to feel super confident in them, but I do have confidence in the Chargers offense and primetime Justin Herbert to get the job done in this one. So I'm going to say Chargers 31 Raiders 24, the Chargers get into the playoffs for the first time since 2018, and they get in and see what happens, right? And we get another week to talk Chargers football, and that's definitely all that I want. And I think they can get it done. I mean, the Chargers should absolutely win this game. The Chargers are the better team. This would be a letdown if they don't do it. And they're inconsistent, 100%. right? They lost the Texans. If they didn't lose yeah. the Texans, this isn't even a conversation, I don't think. I think we're all feeling very confident that the Chargers go out there and get a win. But we just don't know what team is going to show up. But if they show up with the same energy that they had last week, if they can bring that energy, if they can bring the offense and have all these guys on the field at the same time, good things have happened for them all season. So I think the Chargers get it done in a big way. And I think we're back here talking to you guys on a victory Monday and talking about the playoff matchup that the Chargers are going to have. But to make sure you don't miss it, make sure to subscribe to the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel wherever you get your YouTube from. And find the show for free on all platforms or wherever you get your podcasts from. They should all be up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the new TuneIn app, the new Odyssey app. All those places should have the show tomorrow. If not, you guys can get a direct link from our social media and you can find the show, as always, on YouTube now. But thank you guys for checking in with us. We always appreciate you making us your first listen. And you can also find the show and the sh- and every episode that we post on all of our social media, the Twitter is at LockedOnLAC for the show. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. And you can also find our at LockedOnChargers Instagram page and our LockedOnChargers Facebook page as well. We want to hear your guys' reactions if the Chargers win in this one or venting if they lose. But let's keep it positive right now if you guys want to call in. After the Chargers smoke the Raiders on Sunday Night Football, make sure to call on to 323-524-7924 because we want to hear all that stuff and have something good to play next week. But let's see if it happens, David. Giant game, one game, winner takes all. I think the Chargers are going to get the win, but we'll be back with you guys on Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.